Welcome to our podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with Wrong Moms. My name is Dorian Furman. I'm Meredith Berkman, and we're the Wrong Moms. We are so excited to have Dr. Bonnie Halpern Felsher on our podcast, who is Professor of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at Stanford University, as well as Executive Director and author of Stanford's Tobacco Prevention Toolkit. And of course, for our purposes, we're also really proud to call Bonnie one of our founding advisory board members. Thanks so much for being here, Bonnie. So Bonnie, how did you become aware of the youth vaping epidemic? Well, thank you, Dorian, and thank you, Meredith, for having me on this podcast. Uh, you two have done amazing work. Pave in the last, what, year and a half, two years has taken off, and I love our partnership. So thank you. I've been doing research on adolescent tobacco use for about 25 years. And to be honest, around 2012, 2013, we, a lot of us in tobacco research and tobacco control prevention, as such as myself, we're feeling like, good, we've made such inroads and we're having so few new youth start using cigarettes across the country between five and 10% at most were using cigarettes. So that was fantastic news. And then all of a sudden in 2014, I started doing a new NIH funded research project. where We were following adolescents over five years to really understand their tobacco product use. And it was at that time we first started asking questions about electronic cigarettes. We weren't calling it vaping yet. We were calling it electronic cigarette use. And I started to see this slow increase in e-cigarette use, but it wasn't real bad until around 2016, 2017, we started seeing this increase in our own data and across the country. I became aware of it also similar to you. I'm a parent. My daughter, my younger daughter came to me and said, mom, I've been worrying about friends doing this vaping thing, but all of a sudden I'm seeing a real increase in my friends and peers use. And it's largely because of this new product called Juul and with a lot of Nick, nicotine is what she was calling it and how much she was concerned. So that was, I think 2016 and a 2016 uh, or so when she brought that to my attention. So then I started turning more to doing research, not just on general e-cigarettes, but on specific products. And then in February of 2018 is when we launched really the first specifically Juul prevention curriculum that then has since expanded to be Juul and other similar products such as Puff Bar. Sure. We discovered that Juul had come into our kids' school. You know, we were frantically looking for information and I remember the night I landed on your toolkit because I thought, thank God, someone is talking about it. Someone is teaching people. And then I noticed an oddly worded disclaimer that gave me a clue that someone or something had been taking your information. Can you talk a little bit about that? The Jewel Prevention Curriculum was launched in early February of 2018. In middle of March of 2018, we added a disclaimer noting that our toolkit was open to use by people, but that it was not open to use by the tobacco industry. The reason why we put that on is in right around that same time, we had found out that Juul was creating their own prevention curriculum. And I say that in quotes, prevention curriculum, with the goal of preventing their own dual product use amongst youth. I became aware of this, but we didn't know until March that Juul was going around 
referring to our toolkit and really calling Stanford Medicine out and saying that Jewel was using some of the materials from Stanford. So that really caught our attention, made us very concerned. And so we put that disclaimer on partly because people, my colleagues were thinking that we were partnering with Jewel, which was absolutely not the case. They were doing this without permission. They never said nicotine is a problem. Nicotine is a problem for the developing youth. And by the way, Jewel has equivalent to one and a half to two packs of cigarettes worth of nicotine. And if you use Juul as a young person, it therefore is going to have these effects on your brain. So that was the biggest issue that we had with it. If you want to use our curriculum, great, but use it appropriately and make the correct attributions. Right. I think big tobacco messed with the wrong public health warrior and, and academic, because what I recall was coming upon the disclaimer and saying to Dorian, ding, 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 how much do you want to bet Juul is something to do with this disclaimer? And it's right out of the old big tobacco playbook of having doctors in white coats being used to promote smoking. We actually subsequently published a paper in the Journal of Adolescent Health really describing the problems with the Juul curriculum. So we really um, dug deep into their curriculum and wrote a report about how poor it was, which thankfully went viral, so to speak, to be cliche, through BuzzFeed and CNN and other news. At the congressional hearing in July of 2019, where we testified, our boys testified, and there was also a lot of conversation and questioning of Jules then, you know, of Jules co-founder about the curriculum. In fact, he was asked, about the cease and desist letters that had come to Jewel from Stanford, and he said he had no knowledge of that. One very good outcome is, you know, Jewel has since stopped using their curriculum. Bonnie, can you talk to us about why flavors are so important and how they hook kids? So first of all, flavors simply mask the harsh taste and the smell that we see with typical tobacco. So cigarettes, we all are familiar with the cigarette smell. Youth, we published a paper showing youth don't want to use cigarettes, which is great. They don't want to use it. They've gotten the message from public health and research that cigarettes are bad. So with Juul and other e-cigarettes that have the flavors, which they pretty much all do now, what, what you're smelling and seeing and tasting masks that cue that these are bad, masks the cue that these are products that are similar to cigarettes. It gives the feeling to a young person that these must be safe. They must be safe because they taste good. They smell good. They don't, again, have those same properties that we've been educating youth about the effects of cigarette smoking. The other is it makes it easier to hide. When you've got flavors, and I always say when I talk to parents, if your son or daughter's room smells like blueberries, strawberry, and bananas, I don't think they're having a fruit salad in their room. And that's a big concern. It's very easy to mask what you're doing, both on your breath, in your room, and again, in your body, in your taste, because of those flavors and the smell being different. Do you think young people, even with all of this attention and all of everything that's come out, are there young people out there, are you finding in your research, who still think it's just flavored water? It is definitely getting better, um, but there still are adolescents who believe that they are just using water vapor. You know, people are home with their kids, like we all are, and we're getting a lot of reach out from parents who suddenly are 
discovering that it is their kid doing it. You know, we always hear, well, thank God, not my kid, you know, and, and um, if one out of four high school students in the most updated, which are already outdated figures, you know, are showing us that almost, you know, more than five and a half million kids in this country are vaping regularly, that's one out of four high school kids. We're getting all of these parents who are now, because there's no more jewel room, the jewel room, i.e. the high school bathroom, is your home bathroom. So parents are discovering, what are the products that you're seeing kids are using? From 2016 to now, the number one e-cigarette products that youth are using has been the Juul. No doubt about that. Juul had where, somewhere between 60 and 85% of the market share, depending on the time in which you're looking. Uh, a little less now, it's certainly gone down, but they still have had the lion's share of the market around e-cigarettes, no doubt. But we have seen some shift to Soren. Soren is a still a pod base. There's a separate pod, but it's also refillable. So it comes with, with the cavity, the pod that you put the liquid into it. Unfortunately, because of the fact that you fill it, it's refillable. It doesn't fall under the current FDA prioritization of regulation, which Dual does. And then the other product that we're seeing a lot are the puff bars. Uh, puff bars right now, they are considered disposable products. So again, they do not fall under the current FDA prioritization of regulation. And so that's one of the concerns. It's very inexpensive. You can buy them for about a dollar each compared to Juul, which is four, five, six dollars per pod, depending on where you are. Second is the flavors um, are there and it's, it's disposable, which makes me very nervous about the environment uh, as well. From your background and your expertise, is there a greater danger for kids who are vaping to contract COVID? And if they do contract COVID to have more severity of symptoms? I know this is a controversial question, but I would be curious what you know or what you feel comfortable stating for the parents like us who are terrified about that. When it comes to COVID-19 and vaping and smoking, we unfortunately don't have a lot of evidence yet for adolescents or adults. But what we do know is that smoking and vaping affect the immune system and it affects the lung and your lung capacity. There's plenty of evidence that vaping affects your lungs. Pneumonia, asthma exacerbations, bronchiolitis, any of those things, we know that youth and young adults who are vaping are more likely to have some lung disease or lung illness and exacerbation. Why is this an especially good time for parents to talk to their kids about vaping? Right now is exactly the time for parents to talk to their young people about stopping vaping, not starting, and then rather than being punitive, really help. As you know, our toolkit and our My Lab's philosophy has been, yes, as a parent, of course I'd be upset. We all would be upset, but that's not helping your adolescent who is addicted move towards quit. We need to work on moving towards quit. And so it's a perfect time to say, if you are vaping, here's the concerns we have. If you're not reinforcing not, good job, that's great. Let me tell you why it's important not to start. If they are using, trying to um, have them either decrease, uh, or ideally quit, but at least decrease to the extent possible and helping them with that. And there are resources, there are 1-800-QUIT-NOW, 
on our toolkit now, we have more resources for helping young people move towards quit. We are soon going to be launching actual cessation uh, recommendations and, and, and work around that. What right now, from your perspective, Bonnie, is the best way to get kids to quit since there is no FDA-approved you know, cessation? There are no FDA-approved nicotine replacement therapies for anybody under 18, but that does not mean that they don't work. It's that the FDA has not done studies or not reviewed studies and gone to the, to the approval. But there are plenty of physicians, pediatricians, adolescent medicine physicians, um, uh, family docs, other healthcare providers who are, and you need a prescription if you're under 18, who are writing the, the prescription for somebody under 18 to use nicotine replacement therapy. And you're absolutely right. The evidence is starting to suggest, particularly for those who are using a, a significant amount of nicotine, that, that that is the only way to help. Thanks for being here, Bonnie. Thank you very much for having me, and I'd be happy to come on anytime. Thank you for listening to Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. We hope that you learned things you didn't know before, things that are helpful and resources, including the Stanford Tobacco Prevention Toolkit. We really appreciate your taking the time to listen and hope that you'll tune in to us next week and pass this along if you think it can help a friend. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, the Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.